to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Alex, is that you? <laughs> yes, Makana, it is me. Oh my gosh. Just made my day right there. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm 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 doing great, sir. 100 percent that, That's awesome. One year I'm older glad, than me. I'm glad you're calling me sir still. For, for those listening, I, I do make him call me that. Yes, he does. As of last <laughs> night, that's like our unspoken thing. <laughs> um, I want to, th- this will probably just jump right into the podcast. So those who are listening on the Last Gen Podcast, thank you for listening. As you know, I have to do my little intro still. My name's Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, and I'm so pumped to be on with you today. Now, let me make sure I know how this works. When I end it, it should ask me um, if I want to save it, correct? Um, I don't know. Oh, that's <laughs> great. That's great. Um, yeah, I'm just going to trust the Lord that that's going to happen. Okay. We're just going to do it. I'm recording on a separate thing anyway, so it'll be all good. It's in Jesus' hands now. Um, yes, it is. Well, welcome everybody. Today's a kind of a, a different one, obviously, because it's not me uh, alone in my car. I've got a guest on. Um, and I titled it here on stereo talking with some Hawaiian dude. Um, now I've, I've never met Makana personally, like, you know, in person, but I have been stalking him on Instagram and, uh, in, you know, I don't have people on this podcast lightly because it's not my ministry and I don't, uh, trust, I don't even trust 99% of, I don't even trust 1% of people that call themselves, uh, you know, they, they feel called in the minute. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have just anyone on this podcast. Um, so the fact that I'm having him on should say something. Because uh, he, he actually, though, how old are you, McCona? I'm 17 right now. You're 17. Okay. So though he is 17, you wouldn't know it. I, I stalked him on Instagram for about six months. Um, and, and the way he's acting and the way, maybe not his maturity level, he, he might still be working on it but (laughs) the way the way he makes moves for god you would think he started out he's already five years into his own ministry 10 years into his own ministry and so that's what i like about him i like that he is um when he says he's gonna do something he does it and um you know he's he's not just talking about doing something he actually like does things and i'll explain what that means in a minute but makana i'm gonna ask you the question i always hate when people ask me on uh, interviews and, and podcasts and stuff like this, or just adults in, in general. Yeah. Tell me about yourself. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> you're right. That is a bad question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tell me about like, yeah, well, I was born and raised on Maui. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's about it. He looks like that's my Chinese brother, Jonathan. I told him last night, I was like, Makana, you know why I like you? It's not because you're anointed or whatever. Um, it's because you remind me 
of my little brother, Jonathan. Um, for those of you that don't know, my little brother is adopted. Both of my little brothers are adopted from China. The older one, um, his name's Jonathan, and Makana looks a lot like Jonathan. And I asked him last night because I, I, you know, uh, took over his live stream for a little bit. And I said, uh, I was like, I know you're not Chinese, but you look like my Chinese brother. And he's like, no, I am Chinese. So we cracked the case. They do yeah. all look alike. Exactly. <laughs> the exact so, same um, person, just in different clothes. Yeah, it's like copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. Huh. I'm I'm very sorry to all the sensitive listeners, but and all and all my Chinese friends, I love you. I love you guys so much. I bought two, right? Um. So, <laughs> <laughs> so listen. So today I wanted to jump into it. Today I brought Makana on. I want I, I do want to ask you some specific questions about your life because there's certain things that intrigue me that I don't fully know, um, and and our our listeners don't really know. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you. As you saw in the title, everyone listening, we're talking about soul winning, personal evangelism. We're talking about um, you know how to witness to people, how to win the lost. Um, not only personal evangelism, but if you feel called into the ministry as an evangelist, um, what that kind of looks like. Um, the reason I had Makana on for this specific topic, because I already knew, knew we were going to talk something along the lines of this, because this is kind of Makana's expertise and like that's you know it's where he shines as far as i can see so um makana i've been watching you is so you uh in your school in your private school uh in in maui correct maui yeah did do your own um outreaches right yes sir how many outreaches have you done well so far as far as like events right i did i did four last year and i've done one this year so i've done five in total but i've i did one last year where i did two days so it was about um so i guess i've done six but so it was six five meetings. events yeah six meetings wow and so th th this is a private school they call it a christian private school but as he was telling me last night you know how like Christian private schools are. They say they're Christian. That doesn't mean everyone there is Christian. So, um, you know, that, that's a big deal. And, and these, these events from what I saw, um, from video aren't like everyone let's gather into a circle and let's, I just want to introduce you to, to my friend named Jesus. Um, you know, like everyone just bow your heads. Let's raise your hand. If you've ever felt lonely, it's not like that. It's like he, he preaches in a way. Again. Yeah, right. Flooded with estrogen. By the way, Bacana, did you did you see the preacher that I uh, that I put up on my Instagram story that was like preaching on a bar stool? Oh yeah. Did you did you see the guy that I reposted? Don't say his name, but um, like I have never seen a more effeminate way, <laughs> a more effeminate way of ministering than that. He was sitting up on a bar stool. With his legs, his his feet were like curled up, <laughs> curled up behind Ooh. like the bars, and he was like, he was like, guys, I don't follow Jesus because of the things he does for me. I was like, oh, what is going on? Oh. I don't know what's up with that guy. Oh, I, I really I don't. Can't. He's pretty. He's pretty famous. So you know, more power to him. But it's kind of a 
gay to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, this guy looks like uh, all of the girls said that they trusted him and he infiltrated the girl's sleepover. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, he just makes me, I, I, I feel safe around him. <laughs> um, oh anyways, my gosh. I don't know. Why, why was I talking about that? Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so McConnell is not some effeminate um, poser. <laughs> Um, it, when, when, you, when you preach, you preach like it's a, like it's an outdoor crusade because, you know, some of them have, that you've done have been. And then I saw the other one, you did one when you were, uh, in the, it looks like the basketball gym and like the, the, ble- the bleachers, you know, the, the stands were like filled with people. There were people that come to it. Yeah. Like, like people come. Yeah. That was actually, um, what that was. It's a, it's kind of like a long story, but I wanted to a little bit background on that one what it was was there was our school because it's like a pretty popular private school in hawaii because it was like made by one it was founded by one of the last like direct descendants from this hawaiian king so it was like his great granddaughter something that founded the school so like they're super traditional and all that stuff so anyways we do like this song competition and i wanted to i wanted to preach the gospel to every grade at least give them an opportunity so in order for them to go do the song competition everybody every grade had to be gathered in the same spot and so it just so happened if they're in the same spot i was like oh that's a crusade right there so i just went over asked if i could pray for everybody and then boom i just had to go right into it so that's what that gym was then we did so in the gym. so wait did you count that as one of your events no when you just so you hijacked another one. <laughs> so yeah, I so see what I mean. That's it. like, so so he's on fire. So that's what I what I like about him. He, he's he's committed to winning souls, even when other people don't want him to. Um, but these aren't you know these aren't uh, Bible studies that he's doing. They're not um, Christian clubs. He's actually going into a school, which it would be the same in a public school. I mean, there's no really there's no discernible difference between a pr- public and a private Christian school. Other than in their curriculum or in their statement of faith, it says that you have to sign on that you believe this doctrinal statement, whatever. But you know, people sign it. There's Muslims there. There's atheists there. There's agnostics there, and so yeah. you know, it works. It's don't so don't think like oh he could do that because he's in private school. It that's it has nothing to do with that. It had it has to do if you have the not the I was gonna say something else the guts to do it. <laughs> um, so, so that's there. a little background. Yeah, that's a little background on McConnell. That's why you should be listening to him because he knows what he's talking about. Even at the age of seventeen, he's won more souls um, in probably one year than uh, the average believer would in four lifetimes. So that that's why you should be listening to him. So we want to talk about soul winning today, and we want to talk directly to the people that are listening. And I'm going to hand it over to McConnell. I'm going to ask you a few questions, but I, I want to hear from you. Like I, I want to hear from you. Um, and I, I don't want to be talking this whole time. Uh, what is it, you know, I, I know, I know you said you, you weren't always saved. Is that correct? Yeah, I wasn't always saved. Well, obviously no one was always saved, but you didn't grow up in church is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of, it's kind of an interesting thing because I wasn't raised like super strictly, I guess right. strictly, I don't even know if that's a word, but that. 
I wasn't raised in church super hard because right. my parents themselves weren't even that strict with their relationship with God. So it's like, I guess we would only go Sundays. It's, it's, it's a little interesting, but I was, I was to a certain degree, somewhat familiar with church. Right. But yeah. you weren't living for the Lord. Like some people have a story where it's like, yep, I knew at that moment at five years old that I was, I was serving the Lord, but it wasn't like that for you. No, it wasn't. Okay. And so in just this short amount of time, what is it that motivates you to act like a wild man? Oh, you know, that's one pretty good. I guess I don't even have to say, I guess, because I'm trying not to sound cliche, but it, it's going to sound super cliche if you're raised in Pentecost. But really it, what it boils down to, it's the fire of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, because when you get drunk in the Holy Ghost and you're just blazing with the fire, then you do crazy things. You do super crazy things because I guess like it, it was it's a little different when I think about it, because people people see the crusades that I do and whatever, like like, for example, Alex and and stuff. But it all started out when um when I got saved, I got saved in 2018, but I wasn't super serious with God. I was pretty serious with God, but then some things happened, some stuff came up, and I don't want to go into too much detail with that, but when I got, I, I made up my mind around like last year at the beginning in January, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in it, and I mean it. So I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to full on just like get in, and I mean it with Jesus. So then evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth, um, I contacted him on Instagram because he, he preaches for us every now and again in Maui. And so I told him, I was like, you know, I'm planning do, to do this crusade. And I told this to him on Instagram. And I was like, you know, I'm planning on doing this crusade and stuff. I just want to be, it's what I feel in my spirit. Because the Lord had shown me um, that's what I was supposed to do at my school. I was supposed to preach the gospel. And I even made up my mind. I was like, you know what, if, even if no giveaways happen, if anything, I'm going to just set up one speaker and just let it rip because that's what has to be done. And then evangelist Jonathan, he was like, you know what? I'm going to buy you a PS5, announce it, and then give it away to draw the crowd in. And that was the first crusade I ever did at my school. The giveaway was bought from his ministry. So they sent it in the mail. And then we saw, I think, maybe like 50 plus people give their life to Jesus that first crusade. Wow, and then, and then um, it's kind of just been going up from there. I did another one in December with no giveaways, and then I did, I did one in March, that had a decent amount of people. I think we had like eight, eighty plus people, and then, yeah. So that that all that stuff happened, and like what I even said, um, earlier just a few minutes ago, that. You know, people had song practice in our in our school. Every every grade had to practice for their songs and, and you know, the competition or whatever. I basically had to just barge my way in. And the reason why, again, I did all of that stuff. It's not, it's, again, it's by the grace of God, all that stuff. But you got to understand, it's the fire of the Holy Ghost. If you put somebody up there with, with no fire, then they can, even if they preach with passion or if they speak with passion or they speak really fluently and eloquently and with intelligibility and all of that stuff, 
if they don't carry the fire, they're just wasting time. They, they're, they're not going to make any impact. So I did this, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll share this one more thing. And then, um, and then I can swing it back to you, Alex, because that just got me, that, that just reminded me we had, a our, cause Hawaii, you know, the state of Hawaii, I don't know why I'm stuttering so much. I'm like, just trying to think about everything. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So Hawaii was one of the most strict states in the entire country, right? That like concerning COVID and all that stuff. So right. um, our school, because it's private, it doesn't have to listen to the DOE or Department of Education or anything like that. So they could basically do whatever they wanted and not really give a hoot. And it was all, it was all administration that put in to play all these different restrictions that they had. So they put in this thing at our school. It's called Safer Me Trackers. And what they are is that they're these Bluetooth badges that they made every single student. It became part of our dress code. So if you were found without it, you could get in trouble. And what these were, were the they were these Bluetooth cards that could sense if you were within six feet from another person. And if they found out you were within six feet from another person, then they would like, if somebody tested positive, they're like, oh, well, we know who they were with. We know who they were sitting by. We know how close they were, you know, all of that stuff. So yeah. that's like full of the devil, you know, that's, that's messed up stuff. So yeah. I got these Bluetooth blockers to put the cards in. So I put mine in it and then I gave it away to some of my friends to like block the signal and all of that stuff. But anyways, that happened in January of last year or no, that happened January of 2022, but I was a junior. So anyways, when they put in that card for our third quarter, I was like, man, that's so dumb. That sucks. That's a bunch of bull. But you know, the Bible says, Jesus said, you're the light of the world and you don't put up, you don't put a light under a bushel where no one can see it. You shine it so everyone can, everyone can see it. And if you Google it, the very definition of what darkness is, darkness is the absence of light. Because as right. soon as you turn the light on, all the darkness leaves for free. You don't have to fight it. You don't have to pray for the light to take. You just, you just shine the light and the darkness leaves automatically. Right. You don't even have to try. So that was in January when I did that crusade in March. The power got hit. I preached the message that the Lord gave me. And all I did was just preach. I just preached, gave people an opportunity to receive Christ. And then people got saved. Then around, let me think. So that happened in March. Exactly seven days after that, we got an email sent out from administration to every single parent and every single student. And they said in that email, they said, we're getting rid of the Safer Me cards. We're getting rid of the badges. Not only that, he said, they said, we're getting rid of you guys wearing masks outside. And they said, not only that, but they said, we're getting rid of testing. You don't have to test for COVID anymore when you're, um, wow. you know, when you're, uh, what's it called? After a certain date. And all that stuff happened exactly seven days after I did that crusade. Because as soon as you turn on the light, the power of God hits and then everything just, everything leaves for free. You don't have to pray and like stand on top of a mountain overlooking the entire campus. You don't have to stand by the flagpole. And that's 
again, there's nothing wrong with praying at the flagpole with your Bible club or anything like that. But once you've done, once you're done praying at the flagpole, get moving. And then evangelist T.L. Osborne, he, he wrote a book. I think he actually wrote two books on soul winning, but on, in both of those books, he tells a story of an evangelist who was preaching at this church. And there was a woman's prayer group that meets in their house. And they were concerned about a woman that lived like right down the road from them that was on her way to hell. And they were concerned about her salvation. So they brought it to the evangelist that was preaching at their church. And they said, you know, we're really concerned about her. We want her to get saved. And we're really praying for her. We're praying. We're praying. And then the evangelist said, yeah, that's great for you to pray. But while you guys are praying, she's still going to hell. Because people have turned God into their errand boy or, or whatever. Because they think that all they got to do is sit in their room and stretch their hand out and pray and pray and pray. And that somehow, some way, God will just automatically get your school saved if you just keep on meeting and you just keep on praying at the flagpole and all that stuff. You, again, you got to pray. That's important stuff. But you got to also get moving. You got to put legs to it. Jesus didn't say go into all the world and pray and claim territory and believe. He said go into all the world and preach the gospel. How can they be saved unless they have a preacher? And how can there be how can there be a preacher unless he's sent? And you right. and I are the only ones that can determine whether or not we go out and fulfill the call of God. If Jesus wants everybody saved, which he does, then how come everybody isn't saved? Jesus wants your school saved. Jesus wants my school saved. Jesus wants the entire state that you live in, whether it be Texas, New Hampshire, West Virginia, whatever. Jesus wants your entire state to be saved, but how come it hasn't happened yet? It's because until you choose to be willing to step out and walk in his power and walk in his fire, then nothing's going to get done. No one's going to get saved because he wants it done. But until he finds somebody that he can work through and he can work with, then, then nothing's going to happen. No one's going to get saved. That's exactly right. Reminds me of Isaiah chapter 6. You know, this is God's plea to the earth. And people don't understand that, what you just said. That God, you know, when people say, like, God is in control, amen, I don't, I don't amen that because I know what they mean by that. Most people say God is in control, meaning anything that happens is God's will, and always God's will will happen. That's not yeah. true at all. Completely false. If, if that's the case, like you said, why aren't people saved? Why are there people in hell if the Bible specifically says the Lord is willing that none perish? But in Isaiah uh, chapter 6, he says he recounts a vision. He went up to heaven. Um, and, you know, he's, he's recounting the vision. He saw the Lord on his throne. And this was what God said. He said, who will go for us? Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Now think about that. There are lost people in your school and in your life. Yeah. God is, God is, wants them saved. And you probably want them saved. But the question isn't who wants what, it's who's going to do what. And God's already wow. done everything he's going to do. You know, what is, G what is God going to do? He's going to send Jesus again. You realize that the same people that rejected Jesus would reject him again if he came. If, if he came again, the same people that rejected Jesus would re reject him again. The only difference is you've got to preach. Because people don't get saved because of worship. You know, I, am, I almost yeah. tweeted this um, today, but then I realized I deleted Twitter. And then I was like, eh, that's too much work. Um, <laughs> you, 
I, I almost said, if you're a youth pastor, do not, if you've got 45 minutes with your students, 30 minutes with your students, an hour or whatever, don't relegate, don't, don't make 75% of that worship and, and 25% um, preaching. Because worship, and, and like you said, with praying at the flagpole, I know that's a popular thing. It's good. We need prayer in schools. But it's almost like going to a third world country, building houses, and then never telling them about Jesus. I've been on a quote-unquote mission trip like that. It was worthless. I did all that work for absolutely no reason because nobody preached the gospel. And I'm sitting at the end of the week thinking, what the heck did we just do? Huh. Now that they they have cool houses, war, uh, full stomachs, and they'll be burning hell for the rest of eternity. And so, uh, what? Uh, so, so if you could narrow it down in just like a couple words, what is your main uh, motivation for winning souls? Wow, the main motivation. Yeah. In a couple words. Yeah. Or in a sentence I would or two. Say, yeah, I guess. Sorry, in two words? No, in a sentence or two. Oh, not yeah, two in words. a sentence or two. Okay. <laughs> um, my main motivation to win souls is because Jesus died for them. And if they yeah. don't get the opportunity, then Jesus died for nothing. They got to wow. get the opportunity. Yeah. If, yeah. Because if not, then it's like if if Jesus died for everybody to get saved, but then like what you were saying or like what Alex was saying earlier, if Jesus died, but then there's too much effeminate preachers that are out there that are too scared to tell people about Jesus and don't want to tell people, then it's like, OK, then what? Why did Jesus die for them? If you're not going to be willing to just step out and actually be willing to tell them. If you're not willing to tell them, then what? Then like, bro, Jesus died for nothing. He died in vain because he died so people could get saved. He died so that they could have an opportunity to call on his name and be saved. He died to give them an opportunity that if they confess their sins, he's faithful and just to forgive them of their sin and cleanse from all unrighteousness. He died so that people could do that. But if they don't know, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. It, it, they will know the truth and the truth will set them free. If they don't know, then like, bro, I, that's like so simple. It's, I can't think of a, like a, this big 20 paragraph essay thing. It's like Jesus died so people can be saved. Yeah. They're not saved. That's, Who's going to tell that's them? Enough. Yeah. Who, who will, who will go for us? Um, and so, yeah. Number one, Jesus commanded it, and Jesus died for them. Jesus loves them. I mean, you can think of so many, so many reasons for soul winning. Um, you know, you get rewarded as a soul winner when you do the Lord's work. He pays you. Um, so you can think of so many, but that that's oh, yeah. a great, great way to way to sum it up. I wanted to ask you, um, and we'll get into a practical side now because I I know what it's like to be that kid listening to uh, a preacher talk, or you know, maybe you know when I was younger, my uncle. Um, evangelist Ted or evangelist Jonathan speak. And I thought, okay, that's great that you have the fire of God and you know, everything, but I'm still scared, you know, yeah. 
hearing you talk about how not scared you are doesn't doesn't make me less scared. And, and I felt that way. And so we'll get into some practical things because I know, Makana, because you, you don't only do crusades, you do personal soul winning. You've you, I, I've seen you. You go out on the streets and you'll post this many people got saved today. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I respect that. We'll, we'll go, get into some specifics. And by the end, all of you who are listening are going to be better or you're, you're going to know exactly how to win souls, like step by step. And we'll, we'll go f- through it step by step. It'll be super easy. That'll be at the end. So you want to stick around. Um, what would you say are some of the biggest obstacles to soul winning? Whether I mean, you know, we're moving away from the crusade evangelism um side you know because that's really to a a minority you me those who feel called into the ministry but not it's not just for uh alex and mcconnell who feel called into the ministry and who are in active ministry it's for every believer go into go into every world go into the world and make disciples yeah preach to every creature it's it's a command um and so what would you say is the biggest obstacle to people fulfilling that call? I think I can think of maybe like, I I can think of one, I think I can, oh my gosh, what just happened? I can think of two actually. Okay. Because there's either, the first one I can think of is either because people are scared. Yeah. Because they don't know how to do it. Right. So it's, they don't know how. And the second one is because they were never taught and they were never shown from the word of God that this is a job for everybody. Because, you know, I even believe like I like this is going to sound like weird coming from me because I, you know, go out, hit the streets and win souls and all that stuff personally and one on one. But like, look, even if you don't go out soul winning and hit the streets like every Saturday or once a week, like, okay, fine. You don't you don't go out soul winning. Okay, fine. But there's so much people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis that there's enough opportunities in one day alone that you can go and like witness to somebody. So That's exactly right. Yeah. So there's so much people you can just, if you're taking the bus, ask if you could pray for the bus or ask if you could speak with the, per- like speak with the person next to you, you know, things like that. Taking the bus on the way up to school. Speak to the person on the bus, witness to your teacher after class or whatever. Hey, can I speak with you after sir or after service, after class, stuff uh, like that. So no, you're a preacher. Can I speak with you after <laughs> service? <laughs> yeah, but that's it. The biggest obstacle is like, you just either you don't know how to do it or people don't realize that it's, it's a call for everybody. You don't have to be, not everybody's called to be Billy Graham, T.L. Osborne evangelist where you do mass, mass crusades, but right. everyone is called to witness to somebody like Bishop Boyd. I'll, I'll sorry. I know that's like a super simple question, but I'll, I'll share this no. one more thing. Like I, I, I heard Bishop Oyedepo say this one time. He said, he said, if you take a notebook with you everywhere you go, like, let's say tomorrow at school, you take a book with you. And from the moment you leave the house, like even if you're not at school, like if you go out to eat or anytime, anytime you leave the house or you come into contact with somebody after, the second you leave your house to the second you get back home, you're carrying this notebook. And anytime you interact with somebody during the day, you write it down. 
you write down who it was, you write down what time it was, and you write down where it is, where it, where it happened. And then if you do that, anytime you interact with somebody the whole day, by the end of the day, you literally have your whole attack plan for tomorrow. You know where it's going to be, you know who you're going to be speaking with, you know, you know, all of that stuff. And then boom, you know who to witness to. You got, you got a book full of people you can, t- you can tell about Jesus. So yeah, you may not go out on the street every single week, but again, now you have people you can speak with. Cause it's, it's a right. lifestyle. It's not, it's not an event you do. It's not an event you That's attend. Bad. It's a lifestyle. Say that again. It's a lifestyle. It's not an event that you go to. It's a lifestyle. Soul winning is a lifestyle. It's always funny to me. I was in a service once where my uncle was preaching and, um, and you know, you know, there's, you go to these churches that are so, uh, so ingrained in Pentecostalism that they're like very used to talking back to the preacher. So like he like said something powerful and some lady in the back goes, say that. And he, he goes, I just did. <laughs> it's like, what, what do you want me? <laughs> what do you want me to do? Say it. Um, so yeah, no, that's it's not an event, it's a lifestyle. And that's so true. There are so many people, and even even if you don't interact with new people, think how many people like like answer this question honestly in your head. Is everyone that you know saved? The answer is no. I guarantee, unless you're held in a church basement against your will, everyone that you know is not saved. There are people in your life that are not saved. So start with them. Now, the thing that intimidates people, I think, is um, this picture of them uh, going up to someone and going, you know, some random stranger. Hey, um, you know, hello, my name is Alex. Um, has anyone ever told you that, that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for you? And, and they feel like that's just so weird. Now, we'll talk about how to win souls like that, but think about the people that you already know. I always say, like when people ask me, because I get questions all the time, how do I overcome fear? Or how do I, how do I have more boldness to witness to my friends? And the first thing I say is not, you know, Pray and fast, which you should pray and you should fast. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. The first thing I say is not, uh, you know, pray and speed tongues for an hour. It, that's not what I'm saying. But what I say is be yourself. I used to think like I would get on fire for God in, in a youth camp in the summer in middle school. And I would come back every year, you know, September. It's ready to hit the school year. And I come back so on fire thinking I was going to win, win my school for Jesus. Right. That's right. But I would take a, a terrible approach. I would step out of who people knew me as, as Alex, you know, the fun guy, makes jokes, cracks jokes, you know, whatever, likes to laugh. Yeah. And then I would step into this very serious guy who needs to tell you about Jesus and how he loves you and how he has a wonderful plan for your life. It's like, don't be weird. Yeah. Don't be weird. There are people. There, there are people. Like, there are people. Would you, would you, like... Do you do you know why people act weird when they're being quote unquote preached to like that? It's because it's a weird way to talk. Nobody talks like that. Like if I'm sitting down with my friend who I know is not saved, I wouldn't be like now on a serious note. Now, all kidding aside, I just want to ask you a very important question with every head bowed and eye closed. Um, (laughs) If there's anyone in this place, even one Lord, it's like just be like, hey, Jackson, man, like. Can I, can I ask you like, like a serious question? Like, you know, can I, can I be real? And I'd be like, sure. Be like, uh, 
And then, and then you go from there. And then people say, oh, what do I say next? Share your testimony. Hey, remember like yeah. two years ago when I used to be like addicted to drugs and remember when I was all, all bound to stuff? Yeah, I remember you were more fun then. Yeah, I know. Probably. Um, and then and then you just go from there. Well, you know, like what changed? Like, do you ever like wonder like what changed in my life? Why did I became like a completely new person? And then you start telling, well, I went to this camp and then just recount. You always you know your testimony. You don't have to write that down. It happened to you. You're just telling a story. You do it all, all day. You tell stories all day. Tell the story. That's it. And then you lead it and you say, look, man, you, the Bible says, and insert scripture, the Bible says all have sinned. Like you would agree. You've sinned before, right? You're not perfect. Yeah. I've sinned before. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That means you cannot get to heaven if you're a sinner. But the Bible also says that the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That means there's only one way to heaven. And there's only one way to accept Jesus, and that's this. Believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. Do you want to accept Jesus into your life as your Savior? Yes. Let's pray. Like, normal. If you talk a certain way, talk that way. Yeah. Don't become a weird preacher. Don't put on the Pentecost voice. Don't put on the effeminate, just got neutered voice. Like, like be yourself. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. And, um, so yeah, I, I would say the biggest roadblock, like you said, is people don't know how, and people are scared. And the one thing I want to, uh, to ask you in, in closing, and then we'll, we'll go through step-by-step step what needs to take place. Cause I feel like people don't even know it. They'll just be like, and we'll get to this in, in the last uh, couple of minutes, but I want to ask you, um, if we both agree that being afraid or being too timid to go and step out to talk to their friend about Jesus or this stranger that the Lord put on your heart or whatever. How yeah. do you overcome that fear? Like you've been there before, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Like we, we're not like super apostles here. We've been there. I've, I've walked through Walmart, felt the Lord tell me to, to pray for someone and I didn't. And I felt terrible. I felt convicted. And so yeah. what is it that breaks that, that hold of fear off of you? Well, I can tell you how it works with me. Mm -hmm. the, way, the way that it works with me is that it's like the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah. And it's like you got to start somewhere. So if the Lord tells you to do something, like if the Lord tells you, to pray for somebody at Walmart. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to feel like crap if I don't do it. So if yeah. I don't do it, I don't want to feel like crap. So I'm going to do it. You know, you know, something like that. Something super simple like that. And even if it's, even if it's like, if you don't think like that, then it's like, okay, well, the Lord told me to pray for them. If I'm scared to do it, Oh, well, I'm just going to do it because I don't know. That's just how I, that's just how I, I, I do it for me because you got to start, you got to start somewhere. No one, no one's going to automatically become the next like TD Jakes on the streets, winning souls, you know, tomorrow, right? You got to start and you got, and the more you do it, the better you get. I didn't, I didn't all of a sudden become like a person and I, I'm, I'm not 
saying that I've reached the highest level I could possibly reach now, you know, but I'm definitely better than I was when I first started. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's interesting what you said. Cause that's how it is with me. It's like, um, yeah, no, that, that runs through my mind with anything that the Lord tells me to do, whether it's giving it an offering, whether it's taking off a watch that I really like and handing it to that guy or whatever it be, it may be. Um, just think, okay. Like, God's not, God's not going to not, he's not going to change his mind. He told me to do it for a reason. If I don't do it, I'm going to, I mean, like, like feel that way about sin. I mean, you don't have to take such a spiritual, you know, Makana's exactly right. Just like, if I don't do this, I will feel bad. Do I want to feel bad? No. Like if, if the whole eternity thing and people burning in hell thing doesn't motivate you, which it should, but if it doesn't go to that level. Look, God told me to do it. Uh, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Like, and then like people are like, well, I feel stupid. You know, I, I, I'll look stupid. And what if I mess up? McConnell, what if I mess up? What if you mess up? Well then, Hey, now you know better next time. You know how to, you know, you, you learn, see, you learn the more you do it, the better you get. If you make a mistake, you learn from it and then you move on. So the next time you win, you go out witnessing then now you know better. Yeah. It's like, and then like, even if you do like completely mess up, make a fool of yourself, you will, uh, you'll never likely see that person again. And if it is someone <laughs> that, you know, like, like, I mean, like, what is the worst that can happen, bro? Like, seriously, what is the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? They get saved. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. They start winning souls. They fulfill. What if they go into the ministry? All of the people that their lives will be affected because you stepped out and simply just told them about Jesus. Like, start thinking like that. And then, like, there's yeah. there's always an aspect where, like, if, you know, I've never gone skydiving before, but I imagine if you get up to the edge, there's a lot of contemplation that has to go on. You know, am I going to yeah. do this? Uh, I'm not going to go down, right? I'm not going to make the pilot go down with me in it, paying all that money with this stupid suit on, this guy strapped to my back, feeling like an idiot. So I'm going to do it regardless, yeah. right? I'm talking to myself here. I'm going to do it regardless, right? Yeah, I'm going to do it. So why am I waiting? Just jump. Just jump. Yeah. I mean, there has to be a just do it aspect. Amen. Like you throw know, out. That, that, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, because like, um, that just got me thinking. This one time, I went out soul winning with um this other evangelist here in Hawaii. Uh, I yeah. Think we, I think we went out on the streets like last this past weekend. No, I think it was the fall. I, I don't even remember anymore. But we went out soul winning, and there was this rummage sale we went to. It, it, it was at this property that we usually have revival services. So it was this ranch. There was a rummage sale. They had maybe like eight tents there. I think there was like four people in every tent. Just a rummage sale, you know. And we just went around, going around praying for the tents and giving people an opportunity to receive Christ. And I went around praying for people. And then this last, the last two people that I prayed for there, I think was like a couple or something. So I went up to them, you know, be friendly. Because that's how people are in Hawaii. You know, you just be friendly, shake their hand, give them a hug and all that stuff. So I go up yeah. to them and they look super like uncomfortable by me coming up, you know, say, they had their masks on and they're like, you know, like, like trying to stay their distance away. So I, they didn't, they, you can just kind of tell they're a little bit standoffish. 
So I said to them, I was like, you know, I'm here to, I'm here to pray for you guys. We're going around praying for the tents. I'm here to pray for you guys. They're like, no, we're okay. We're doing okay. We don't need prayer. I was like, okay, well, I'm just, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to, I'm here to pray for you guys. Oh, well, we heard you over there. We heard you praying over there. It's like, okay, great. Well, then let me ask, because see, this is like further like thing. You, you, I learned to do this from, you know, other previous times where I never, you know, where, where I, they didn't get saved. So I learned how to do this from past experiences. So anyways, I said to them, I was like, you know, okay, if you don't want prayer, that's fine. I, I'm not going to pray for you. You know, obviously if they don't want prayer, I'm not going to pray for them if they don't want it. But I said, I got to ask you guys like a super serious question before I go. I said, if you were going to die right now, <laughs> yeah, if you're, right. you're going to die, where would you go? Oh, well, heaven, heaven. Okay. Um, how do you know? I go to church. I said, great. But going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than me going to the airport makes me an airplane. The Bible right. says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. Okay. You can pray. And then boom. I went right in, prayed for them. They get the husband gave his life to Jesus Christ. I don't even know if they're married, but the guy did, the woman right. didn't. But hey, one is better than none. That's ve that's very true. That whenever you ask that question, ninety, you know, in America, I don't know what it's like in in uh, you know Hawaii, like demographic wise, because we're you know, though we are the same country, we have like the culture is not even close to the same. You might oh, as yeah. well be, you know, another another country because. You know, we don't have any shared values other than 1952 and onward, you know. So um, in America, since people say we're in a post-Christian generation, you know, the gospel has been preached. If you mentioned Billy Graham, most people, most adults would know who you're talking about. If you said, yes. you know, most people, a lot of people grew up in church. They're familiar. They're quote unquote familiar with the gospel. They know the. You you talk about Jonah. They know the story of Jonah. You talk about Noah. They know the story of Noah. But that doesn't mean they're saved. And when you ask them the question, if you died, uh, where would you go? What would happen? And most people in America, or at least the continental United States, would say, "I'll go to heaven." And then that's such an important thing that you pointed out: the question of why, why, why do you say that? And then let them talk. Don't like. And then sit back. Let them talk. Why do you say that you go to heaven? And just listen. And then you'll you'll hear something most likely like, well, I'm a good person or I try to do good or at the end of my life, I, I give to the poor and I hope my good outweighs my bad. Then you, you start. And then I, I even, you know, you can watch YouTube videos on it. Um, there's this guy who I disagree with on, you know, he's he's not Pentecostal in any way, but he's a good soul winner. If you look up yeah. Ray Comfort, he has these videos of him going around soul winning in Australia, I believe. Or, or maybe in the United States. I don't know. But he's Australian. And uh, he goes through the law. If someone says, like, oh, I'm a good person. Because most people at that point would be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, it's like, uh, they're not going to heaven. So he asked, like, okay, um, have, you ever, have you ever lied before? Well, yeah. Um, have you ever stolen before? Have you ever looked at a woman with lust or a man with lust? Yeah. Okay, well, let me just tell you what the Bible says. You just admitted to me that you're a lying, thieving, adulterous, <laughs> blasphemer at heart. Now, do you think that you're a good person now? Well, no, not really. Okay. And so that's how you get, get people down to it because they, they always give some phony answer. Because really, in their mind, they want you to go away. Like, let's be real. They want you to go away 
But that question is penetrating to the soul. It's not. And then at the end of the day, you have to understand you're not the one that's you're not the one that's taking their spirit and and making it new. That's not your job. Your job is to tell them and then them ask God to do that. That's God's job. Yeah, exactly. And another good thing, you know, that would that like helps with fear is like a person. It's literally just like a personal decision you can make where you just get rid of the fear of, you know, failing. So don't worry about failing. It's like, you know, just go do it. Don't be scared about failing. That's right. It's, it it is a decision. There's no, uh, there's no allowance for fear in the life of the believer. Um, So I really hope that helped. Do you have any ending tips, like any tips or tricks that you've learned, whether it be crusade evangelism or, um, or, uh, yeah, personal one-on-one soul winning, any tips that you've learned or that someone has taught you that you think would be helpful other than the ones that you've already given to people? Yeah, I would say the best, some of the best advice I, I, I would think of that I could give to anyone, like whether, whether it be crusade evangelism or one-on-one evangelism, it would be like developing a confidence in the word of God. Cause that's what, like even Billy Graham, that's, that was one of the secrets that Billy Graham gave. He noticed that the more people, like the more scriptures he used in his message, the more people would get saved. Cause that's right. what it says yeah. in the book of Hebrews, you know, the word of God's quick and far, uh, quick and powerful and sharper than a two edged sword. So right. the word of God, and even in, um, the book of Acts, Acts chapter two, when Peter was preaching, it says that the people, when they heard Peter's message, they were pricked in their hearts, but they weren't pricked because he stood up and knew how to give great speech. You know, all that he, he preached the gospel. He preached the word of God and the word is what, like the story I just shared earlier at the rummage sale. I didn't, I didn't just tell them and beg them or when I give altar calls at my crusade, I don't stand there, please, I want you to get saved. Please come on. You know, don't like, I didn't have to beg. I just rattle off scriptures. Just the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible. And then very, you know, slowly, but surely by the time you're done with the message, the word is powerful. It's piercing their hearts. It's showing them it's, it's bringing them to Christ. So it's not a self-confidence in your own natural abilities. It's a confidence in the word of God. And if you're confident in his word and you share his word, then it starts piercing their heart. It starts getting a hold of them. And then by the power of the word, it ends up bringing them in. Because this the last crusade I did that um, I put on Instagram a couple weeks ago, this is the first crusade I ever saw. Because again, like what I said earlier, the more the more you do it, the better you get. This is the sixth one I've done. So the more you do it, the better you get. So now it's almost like I could kind of perfect, not perfect it, but it's like, you know, it got better. This is the first time I've ever seen it happen, not just with me, but with anybody. When I gave the call for people to come up and get saved, there was like, I could count on one hand how many people didn't come up. It was basically like the whole crowd just moved forward. That was that was what happened. They just came yeah. up. There were people on the side 
um, underneath this building with, uh, you know, in the shade and stuff. There were janitors that were sitting down on their lunch break. There were some students that were sitting in the shade, still listening and eating lunch or whatever. When I gave the call, there were janitors in the shade that stood up and came forward. There were, there were um, students who started walking out from under the shade and coming out to, to respond. But that didn't happen because like any natural thing or, you know, whatever. It didn't happen because I was preaching from Stranger Things or preaching from Christmas at the movies or anything like that. You know, crazy stuff like that. It was right. pre. It happened because of the Word of God. So it's developing, right. yeah, develop a confidence in the Word of God, and then, you know, a good a good thing too. I would recommend is look up on uh, Google or whatever. Search up Rodney Howard Brown's soul winning script on his website. Yeah, go to go to revivalministryinternational.com or revival.com. Go to I believe it's um, resources or tools or or, or soul winning. Yeah, soul winning or, tools. Or what Madonna just said, and there's yeah, there's all that, and there's a video, there's a tutorial video on how to do it. Oh yeah, that's super good stuff. Yeah, it's really good. That's great. Well, Makana, thank you so much for being on. Thank you, sir, for having me. Hundred percent. Do you mind uh you mind praying for the people very quickly? Oh yeah, I'd love to. Well, everybody right. listening to this, would you bow your heads and lift your hands right where you're at, Father? I thank you for the urgency that you've put on the inside of every person listening to this and a new passion that you've given them to witness to people and expand your kingdom. For we recognize, Father, the time is short. So I thank you that even now you show them the steps they are to take. You show them where they are to go. You show them the people they are to speak with. Thank you that even now they're thinking of people that you've put in their heart to share the gospel with, whether it be their family or their friends or people at school or their teachers or whoever. Thank you that you're showing them who to speak with. And I thank you that it's not the end. It's only the beginning. I pray that you'll show them. I pray that you'll give them a hunger. Give them a greater hunger to see your kingdom expand. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much, Makana. Um, I'm going to let you go because for you, it's just the afternoon. I've got to eat dinner. So I'm going <laughs> to leave the Miracle Word studio um, and go eat some steak. But, um, you know, this is like the part that I would I would tell you af off of the live stream. Um, but I don't feel like it. I'm just going to tell you here. Send me a picture that you would like, uh, that you think is good of you. Um, preferably one where you look super Asian. Send it to me so ah. I can we can make a graphic. Um, thank you all to the last gen family that's listening. Um, and Makana, if you want to use this for whatever, I'll send you uh, the audio file if you'd like. But if you're not following Makana on Instagram, I want you to follow him. What's your Instagram handle? My Instagram is just my name. It's Makana dot Perilla, and there's two R's in my last name: P R P R P A R R I L L A. So M-A-K-A-N-A-P-A-R-R-I-L-L-A. -A -R -R -A. Yeah. But yeah, if, okay. reach out. I'd love to I'd love to speak with some of you guys if you want to yeah. contact or whatever. Awesome, Makana. Appreciate it, bro. I'll talk to you later. Awesome. Love you, sir. Thanks for having me. 100%. Of course. Bye-bye.